Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Are you getting the ample amount of nutrition from the foods you're eating today? Well, inquiring minds want to know. Yes, I get that question a lot. Am I, do I need to supplement? And is, is the food providing all that I need? Also, I get questions about fasting. Fasting is one of those things that um, people have different opinions about, and we have the perfect person on the show today to enlighten you, hopefully the listener about fasting and if it's right for you, but also he's going to be talking about regenerative agriculture and how you can play a part in it. I'm so excited about Visibly Fit today. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is the first time you've heard this podcast. Hello, welcome. My name is Wendy Pett. And yes, this is the Visibly Fit podcast. So on today's show, we have Jordan Rubin. He is one of America's most recognized and respected natural health experts. And yes, he is. I met him back in 2007, doing a, a perfect way to America campaign with him at different churches. And he's the real deal. He knows his stuff and you are going to be blessed abundantly by today's show. Jordan's message of health and hope is heard globally. He is the New York times bestselling author of the maker's diet. Maybe you've read it. It's a good one. If you haven't, definitely pick it up. But he's also written over 24 additional titles. And his latest book is called Essential Fasting. Now, at the age of 19, after living an active and just abundant, robust, completely normal childhood life, a healthy childhood, Jordan was suddenly diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And he went from being 185 pounds to 104 pounds and in a wheelchair. And you will see his photo in this episode episode if you are tuning in on YouTube. But a year later, he, in the midst of his life and death struggle, he met a man by the name of Bud and Bud encouraged him to follow a health plan taken directly from the Bible. That's right. Directly from the pages of the Bible. And it's a plan proven through history and uh, confirmed by science. Jordan co committed himself to follow this plan and follow God's wisdom for health and life. And literally in just 40 days, his life was transformed and his health was renewed and restored. And so today Jordan's mission is to transform the health 
of this nation and world, one life at a time. He's also the founder of Ancient Nutrition alongside his business partner, Dr. Josh Axe, and he's known as America's biblical health coach. And like I said, he is a New York Times bestselling author. So I'm so excited. I know the show will bless you. So hello and welcome to the show, Jordan. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yes, it's it's been a few years. It's been a while, huh? Yes. <laughs> Since we've connected. The old cliche, time flies. Oh my goodness. And you have been busy during that time. I came across a photo the other day and you were, this was back November, 2007. And I think I had like a short bob and, you know, you haven't aged a bit. I, I will oh, say, wow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it was so fun. That was during your perfect weight America tour and you were going to churches and speaking. And I was sharing about visibly fit in conjunction with what you were sharing. It's just so fun to see you again and, and reconnect. So thank you for taking the time. And um, yeah, so you have been busy and I share your book often, The Maker's Diet. You are a, a New York Times bestselling author. And I, you know, I share all this, of course, in your, your bio that I just shared, but let's talk about um, your testimony. So many people don't even know your story. And I think that'd be a great way to just jump in and get people to learn about who you are and why you're so passionate about what you teach and what you stand for. Absolutely. I'm probably one of many who have been immersed in what I'll call natural health based on a life-altering, life-changing experience. So you'll meet naturopathic doctors and chiropractors and those who start companies and trainers. And you'll say, how'd you get here? Well, I followed in the footsteps of someone or something that saved my life. And so I'm no different. I was deathly ill at age 18, coming onto my 19th birthday, diagnosed with Crohn's disease and 18 other illnesses. And during that time frame, I really, as a you know, immortal teenager, I didn't know what to do with this, especially since I had given my life to the Lord. I knew that he had great plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a future yes. and a hope. And I was on a good path. I was in college. I really wanted to go into ministry, interested in nutrition, but more so ministry. And my life was literally ripped away from me, at least the life that I new at the time. And it's so hard to be in the moment and have absolute tragedy and know that God's doing something with it. So clear now, but at the time I literally was trapped in a prison that was my own body. I went from 185 pounds to 104 pounds in a wheelchair. I'm just over six feet tall. So you can imagine mm. that and mm -hmm. devastation. I visited many medical experts, conventional medicine failed. Most of the natural cures failed. I visited 70 experts in all. And wow. literally it was like two years of, I'll call it a 24 month virus instead of a 24 hour virus. So picture food poisoning every day for two years, but it goes on 24 seven. So I couldn't sleep. I couldn't recuperate. I looked like death and probably wished for it most days. So if you're watching or listening, I want to encourage you go to Google and put my name in Jordan Rubin and images. And there's a few Jordan Rubens, yeah, but you I'll put a couple in here as well. Yeah, you'll see the before and after photo because during that time I was very blessed to have enough faith, literally this much mustard seed size, to ask my mom to take my picture on an old-fashioned camera. This was 1994, 95, so we didn't have digital photos. And I had her take my picture at my absolute worst. And you know what? Wendy, I said this back then, but I'll say it today 
20 some years later, that's my most prized possession, my testimony. Mm -hmm. And we see in the Bible how important a testimony is. We see that that's how we overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word or power of our testimony. So my healing was not there at the moment. I was in the midst of it, but I still had my mom take my picture because I said, the world's not going to believe what God's about to do in my life. And I'll tell you, I didn't smile maybe more than once a week. I felt sick. I was depressed. I lost everything. And I had an embarrassing disease. So all my friends, I didn't want to really talk about it much. Didn't want visitors. It was awful, but I knew God had a plan for me. My faith strengthened. And I also dived into nutrition. I read 300 nutrition and health books, tried everything under the sun until I met a man who told me if I follow a health plan based on the Bible, proven through history and confirmed by science, I'd be well. I had tried everything, but not this. And I think the faith that I had was sort of married with hope. And that hope allowed me to give it one more shot. And I ended up finding a path that I was pointed to by this man named Bud, but I also had to learn on my own how to construct what we call this biblically-based diet. I'd later write about it as the maker's diet. And in 40 days, I literally went from death to life, 40 more days, and I was on the beach, 21st birthday, getting my after photo, which you can see. And that's exactly what this man, Bud, told me. He infused faith into my life. He also taught me a few other things. He said, the foods that you need to heal are not easily available. And one day you may need to grow and raise them. This was Mm. back in the nineties when I had not a lot of resources. I was living in an old beat up motorhome and 1968 Chevrolet bunkhouse to be exact. I didn't exactly have the means or knowledge to do any of this, but somehow God took my brokenness and gave me not only a a vision, but a mission. And if I fast forward today, this is so many years later, my personal mission statement is to heal the planet, feed the world and eradicate disease. And it's really not much different than what I wanted to do when I was 21 years old without any means, just blessed to have my life back. Only it wasn't my life back. It was a new life. And it sort of vaulted me into this natural health field where I would go on to start nutritional supplement companies and write books and do a lot of media and ultimately become a farmer, which is something I'm super excited and passionate about. So obviously a lot to talk about. I also much the father of six children, five adopted. So my wife and I are very passionate about that. I don't know how many kids I had. I do know Wendy. You just had one, right? I had one and then we adopted two in 2008. So yeah, we were just getting started. So amazing. uh, I did not know that you had adopted five. Uh, That's amazing. Wow. And Nikki is just, just a beautiful (laughs) woman inside and out. Just what a blessing uh, you guys are. Thank you for sharing. And and thank you, Bud. Can I just say what a divine appointment it was to encounter Bud. And I'll say that, you know, someone listening might be in a place where they're in that desperation and in that place of being so sick and tired and, and, and not even, I mean, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, but they just don't even know that next step. And maybe they just are lacking that faith and that hope, even though you were in a, in a, not the best place, you still had a little glimmer of hope. You still had the faith. And that's really what you started to speak life over your life, even in the midst of, of feeling death. You know what I mean? 
And, and what a difference that makes. Yeah, it's uh, and, and even I'm getting convicted now talking about it because mm. during the time of my illness, I, I learned about a concept. I read a book. It's funny. I'm just remembering this called Combat Faith. And the premise of the mm. book was Hebrews 11.1, 1, which became my life verse. And I have a new one now that I like uh, sort of this season of my life. But Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, yes. the evidence of things not seen. And you you read in the Bible that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith without works or action is dead. And my action or my faith was walking to the hallway closet to have my mom take my picture. That was the first step. And that's all I really could do. Probably. I didn't have a lot to give. We always wait till we're, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm healthy to, to do this. Or I'm going to wait till I'm wealthy. I'm going to wait till I'm married, wait till I have kids, but you really Stop have waiting. to have faith in the midst of the storm in mm. order to see it in action. And then really you can look at how important your words are out of the overflow of the heart. The mouth speaks Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So those have been very important. And when I was with Bud in California, I grew up in Florida, but I flew to California in my wheelchair and started getting well. It was very important that he told me I had to start speaking life. And I had this epiphany mm. that even though I was technically sick, I had a disease, I had an active disease, but I wasn't sick 24 seven. I may have felt a stomach pain every five minutes, but could I give thanks to God in the four that I didn't four minutes? Thank yes. you, Lord, that I'm healed this moment. Cause I don't have symptoms this moment. And then those moments stretched. And I really learned about the importance of what we speak. And obviously this could be taken a lot of different ways. If you're outside of sort of the believing community, the faith community, they've put lots of labels, power of intention, the power of positive thinking, but listen, God's principles are at work, no matter mm -hmm. who delivers them and what you call it. And the truth is that God told Abraham to look at the stars in the sky, look at the sand and the seashore. God had Jacob draw lines on the poplar trees and his sheep would be speckled and spotted or whichever one. And so God uses faith in action very often. It's, it's serious really business. Journey. And, and I need yeah. to today, I'm going to remember now after this. I need to start speaking more life today because even though I'm so, so blessed and God healed me, not just once, but twice and multiple times, we always go through stuff and That's right. we have to use faith, not as a defense, but how about as our offense? Amen. Amen, brother. Yes. And our cells are, are listening. <laughs> so at the cellular level, when we're speaking life, then our cells are, you know, vibrating at a different frequency and they're operating in an active role in a different modality as if you were speaking death, death over yourself. So that's so good. Well, I am just amazed at just an awe of how God really can heal his people through uh, food. I mean, I'm in awe because of through your testimony, but through many people's testimony, but I, I'm just in awe of God by seeing your testimony, right? And so many have different stories, but uh, you have continually taken action because of, of your desire to, to help the world get healthy and well, and to really know um, the, the truth about that. And you know, one of the, the things and steps that you, you have really taken on is intermittent fasting. And that's a big question that a lot of my 
clients ask me and, you know, what do you think? Do you, do you want to do this? Should we do this anyway, or that? And so I, I have different viewpoints on some levels, but I know it helps with, you know, beta- metabolic reset and, and all the things. So there's definitely spiritual fasting, there's physical fasting, but I want you to talk about what you teach about fasting, because there's so many questions about it. And I know it can be very powerful. Absolutely. I, I know that various terms have been applied to different forms of fasting. Intermittent fasting is now the established term scientifically and Uh just in the health and wellness vernacular. And and really what it boils down to is our body has two main cycles, building and cleansing. And I believe that for the average person who has a poor metabolism, whether they're overweight, some people are extremely underweight, but it's it's usually a metabolic issue. And, And secondly, gut issues. If you look at the amount of people who struggle with that, it's probably everybody at one time or their life, they can benefit from managing their building or eating window and their cleansing window. And it's simple. We talk about breakfast as the most important meal of the day. And listen, a cereal company deemed that as the case. In biblical times, people clearly ate their biggest meal at night when there wasn't farming, when there wasn't fighting, battling, you just couldn't do anything else. And that's when you could relax. You recline. We, we read about Jesus reclining at the table. You could relax in the morning. You had to get going. Things were happening. So people would grab something maybe, but they ate in a very compressed time window. So I tell people breakfast means break fast. Mm-hmm. And some people just need to move their break fast to noon. Some people need to move it to two. I've seen great results with people with inflammation, with gut issues, with allergies, Really, water fasting, allowing the body to heal, has been clinically proven to reduce lots of conditions of the brain and the body, from schizophrenia to juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. The only problem is you can't fast only on water for a long period of time or you will lose muscle mass dramatically. So what I recommend is try to compress your eating window. Some of us wake up six in the morning, we have some starchy, high-carbohydrate, Danish donut, whatever, with some OJ or some cereal, setting yourself up for diabetes by noon. Totally. And then, and then we eat a sort of a dessert and maybe a midnight snack. So you're eating for 18 hours a day and you're cleansing for six. Flip that over. I've seen people lose dramatic weight, feel better, have more energy and better digestion when they eat the same exact foods, but at a different time window. There's great research, Wendy, that shows. If you will eat everything you want to eat, pigging out within one hour period, your insulin levels will kind of be, um, I'll say, have a governor on them. That also affects your brain and serotonin. But if you ate that same food over four hours, sort of the grazing model, you have a lot more issues with insulin control, metabolic health. So intermittent fasting is simply starting to eat and finishing eating in a shorter, more compressed window. Of course, I'd rather you eat healthier options as well. I was going to say, can you imagine if they would eat healthy within the shorter amount of window? (laughs) Well, we like people to do both and exercising on an empty stomach is one of the best ways to burn fat. So it's really a uh, multiple set of benefits. And I did write a new book with Dr. Josh Axe called essential fasting. And it goes over all the different types of fasting protocols you could do and still live your life because fasting is scary. I've water fasted for five and seven days. And I'm not great at it. It is hard. I remember that first raspberry I ate after 
a five-day water fast and it tasted like the best cheesecake you could ever have. But right. you can fast a little bit every day by compressing that eating window. And for me, I am, I'm guessing I'll eat my first meal today at three or four. It's kind of common for me. I barely or rarely eat breakfast, what we would call breakfast in the morning. Not that it's terrible, but when I do, I don't feel great, honestly. I feel tired. I would much rather work, work out, or take a test on an empty stomach than on a full stomach. Well, there you go. Well, that's good to know. And if you're interested in checking out that new book and it's what, called what again? Essential Fasting. Essential Fasting. Check that out. That'd be awesome. And we can go to what website to get that? Just go to anywhere books are sold, probably Amazon, Perfect. et cetera, is the easiest. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, cool. Cause that's one of those uh, questions that I get a lot about is fasting. And I do believe that there are some moments and uh, situations that that is very, very helpful for. So uh, regarding your passion for the world and your, I see behind you, your ranch with a beautiful rainbow behind you. Did you ever think you would be a cowboy, so to speak, a rancher? And what is your passion behind becoming a rancher and becoming really passionate about regenerative agriculture. A lot of people don't even know what that means. Can you just kind of break that down and talk about where we are as a planet and, and what we can even do individually, even if you live in New York City, right? What can we do individually to help the planet and, and to help obtain better quality food? I have spent my career creating nutritional products, dietary supplements, functional foods, beverages, and I learned a lot and taught often on the benefits of these ingredients, these foods, these herbs, et cetera. Broadly, we call them superfoods. And one day I decided I really need to play a role in raising and growing the world's healthiest foods. So I started that in 2009. And when I learned about the concept of regenerative agriculture, it's really simply defined in my mind. It is taking the land that you are stewarding over and improving it day by day, month by month, and year by year. And you might say, well, that's obvious. Why is that you know, important? Yeah, the grass grows and the rain mm -hmm. comes. Well, here's why it's important. Recently, many experts, including the UN, and by the way, I disagree probably with the United Nations more than I agree, but it's interesting that the UN said that if we don't change the way we farm, we may have 40 to 60 years, if not harvests, left. Our farming is broken. This is something we really don't want to talk about and know about because I would much rather buy my raspberries in my little plastic clamshell for $2.99 in the summer and $4.99 in the winter than grow raspberries where birds will eat the berries. Uh, other types of insects can eat the leaves. You can have complete crop failure if you don't get rain, if you get too much rain. I mean, it's an absolute beast to farm. And the truth is, we're losing more farmers and more farmland than we're gaining. Most children mm -hmm. of farmers are getting off farm jobs and big, big companies are buying up all the farmland to farm in a way that is destroying our, the planet and our body. Regenerative mm -hmm. agriculture restores what was taken. And listen, I don't know what your theology is, those of you who are listening, but here's what I believe. We very likely will spend eternity on this earth. Now, if you, you can look at scripture and, and you can argue all the different ways, where's Abraham's bosom, where's heaven? But if you look, you see a new Jerusalem descending down onto the earth. And yes, mm -hmm. you will have a new heaven and a new earth, but what if the curse that was on Adam, and I can't get into all this, Wendy, but it's very deep. The curse yeah. on Adam, not Eve, the curse on Adam 
started with agriculture and started with a way of farming that would take the fertile land, the amazing oxygen-rich environment, and start decreasing fertility, decreasing oxygen. And that's why I believe our life expectancy has gone down from 900 plus years to 85 or 78 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I believe when Jesus came, he took the keys back to the kingdom. And part of those keys are to bring heaven to earth, not just in a spiritual sense, but in a physical sense. So what is regenerative agriculture? It is bringing heaven to earth and stewarding over God's creation. I can use so many biblical analogies, taking your five talents and making it into 10, your, your two minas and making it four. That's what we do with regenerative agriculture. And it's difficult. It is the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Only 6% of the farmland in America is organic, and that's decreasing. And by the way, organic's not regenerative. It's only the beginning. So we have decided, and we've been doing this for, for 13 years, but we've decided to embark on a major initiative. We call it Ranch, Regenerative Agriculture, Nutrition, and Climate Health. And I know this is a controversial term because some of us are conservative in our political views, and those that are liberal believe that they use the word climate change and all this. Listen, I don't care what you call it. We have overbuilt. Just take a look around. Yeah. We've overbuilt. The soil fertility has gone from high to low. I could give you some anecdotes that'll freak you out. Here's one, Wendy. So yeah, I give me one. Come on, this all, is good. We, we are, live in a home here in middle Tennessee near the Nashville area. And they were mm -hmm. excavating a lot next to us to build. And this used to be a farm like so many other places that we built on. And I'm looking and I think this is an awesome photo op. I wanted to see the depth of topsoil and the neighbor's land. Because how often do I see something freshly excavated? I right. couldn't see to my visible eye a centimeter of topsoil. Now, maybe Seriously. there was, but millimeters, maybe. It was all rock and clay. There was nothing that could grow a good crop. Now, sure, grass grew on the top. Now, mind you, this was a farm. This wasn't like some you know, neighborhood where this land had been, had houses on it, et cetera. It was zero topsoil. Now I'm going to ask you a question that everybody knows the answer. When you bury somebody, how deep do you bury them? Six feet under. Six feet under. And then I'll ask somebody why, and almost no one knows the answer to that. Do you know, Wendy? I don't. I'm going to offer a suggestion. The topsoil, when you have it, is like a sponge. It's very malleable. There's little holes in there so that the roots of plants can get down and extract nutrients. And there's all these microorganisms that supply defense and nutrients to the root system. It's also, because I said it's sort of soft, it, it can move. So the topsoil in the world, and particularly in the US, was so deep. It was four or five, almost six feet deep that in order to put the casket in the ground and not have it move. Cause think about it. You got a tombstone and then there's a casket that moves, you know, miles over time. They had to get below the topsoil to more of the hard pan, they call it. So that yeah. means that the topsoil in sense. Tennessee could have gone from six feet, four feet, three feet to zero. And all of that carbon ends up in the atmosphere. It lowers the oxygen. People call it greenhouse gases. They call it climate change. Here's what I know. We have been very destructive to the environment and mm -hmm. we need to change that because God gave us this planet. He even said, here's all the animals you're stewarding over them. 
Adam named the animals, but we have lost all that. And some of us say, well, that's just liberals. They're talking about all this stuff and stopping people from harvesting oil. Listen, I don't want to get into that, but the bottom line is our environment we are determine our steward. climate. So I believe mm -hmm. that our farms, which number about 4,000 acres, I believe there is a new microclimate because we have more trees, more water, and we actually have a different climate than the farms down the street that are degenerating. So again, if you want to know my opinion on climate change oh and climate goodness. health, you can call it whatever you want, but we are doing things wrong and we are losing our inheritance. America was inhabited and discovered because of its fertility, the land of the free, the home of the brave, above the fruited plains. And if we continue, we're going to be above the dusty, rocky clay, not fruited plains. Well, and look at the correlation with all this going on in the world with the pulling down freedoms and that kind of thing in correlation with how the, the land looks. Very interesting. And you can dive in philosophically on that as well, I'm sure. But I, I believe that people just don't have a clue. So the fact that you're, you're so passionate and you're talking about this is that first step like, a, of like, okay, wake up people. We have to really understand what's going on. And then what can we do about it? How do we step up? How do we rise up? How do we really take ownership of the very thing that, that God has entrusted us with and make it uh, where it's, it's bringing him glory and that it's, it's not destructive. And so what is that step that someone can take in this regenerative agriculture process? What can we do today? Like I said, even if you live in New York City, what can someone well, do? Well, first of all, if you're in New York or if you're in Minnesota or if you're in Tennessee, plant something. And I'm even talking about a potted plant. And you might say, well, how does that regenerate anything if I have a potted plant on my windowsill? Well, at least you're growing something. The learning of your family, the understanding of what it takes, grow something. And then when you're done, donate that soil to a local farm. You can compost. So I am adamant and I'm pretty ridiculous how far I go. I've got a little home composting unit. It's on my countertop. And if someone throws away an avocado pit, I pick it out of the garbage because I plant it on our farm in our greenhouse. If there's a banana peel, I put it in the compost bin. So what we do is we take all that compost to our farm and we feed chickens, ducks, and turkeys, and we build awesome. the soil with it. And Ancient Nutrition has made the step to go to three different health food stores and restaurants now where we pick up all of their food waste. First, we provide these bins and we tell all the customers, hey, don't throw away this bread. Don't put it in a landfill. And so we're taking, we're, we've picked up already in the last few months, 20,000 pounds of food waste. Here's something that will shock wow. you. Wow, wow. 40% of all the world's food is wasted. 40%. 40%? Percent. 40%. We don't have a food problem. Ugh. We have a distribution yeah. problem and an, a systems problem as we do mm -hmm. with education and politics and health and medicine, et cetera, et cetera. List goes but, on. So follow so the dollar. Buy a little, go online and buy a compost bin. Or yeah. if you're in a, a, a municipality, they might have a composting system where companies will pick up your food waste. Food waste can go vertical in a landfill or it could go horizontal and add fertility to the soil that's desperately needing it. You might say, well, what else could I do with it? Find a local farm. Well, that's hard. I don't know any local farms. I get it. It's work. It takes work to do this, but 
I think right there, Jordan, real, real quick, I think that's it. People, I'm just throwing it out there, but we tend to be a little more lazy. You know, things are just handed to us. Like when you were ill, you had to go and go in, in survival mode, basically, and get your food every day. Go to the grocery store or to the market and the farmer, or get your food every day. Um, you, I've heard you talk about it before. It was like going to get your daily manna. You, you just had to go and forage every day. And people aren't used to that. everything's just handed to them. And so to do the work is something that has to take a mindset shift and for them to really see the, the massivity, uh, you know, how massive this problem really is and that their, their little small steps can make a big difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's so good. So composting and, and that kind of thing. So, okay. This is so like, we could probably do a whole show on this because it's just mind blowing to me that 40% of food goes to waste and the topsoil is just, just barely even there. And I just, again, I don't think people are educated on it. I know that these numbers are, are astonishing to me. And so with that said, when you're going to the grocery store or the market to get your foods, your foods are not getting the, you're not getting the nutrients that you think you are from those foods. Like like, you know, you have to take B12, that's for sure, because our soil is depleted. But let's talk a little bit about that for just a moment, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Well, first, uh, I want to mention this. Another thing that people can do, you can vote with your dollars. And so you know what an organic product is. And yes, it costs more. And is organic regenerative? Not necessarily. Organic is more about systems. But now there's new standards, regenerative organic, and it's a third-party verification. And there's something else called land to market. There's a environmental outcomes verified. You're going to start seeing this messaging. And I'll give you an example. Our company, Ancient Nutrition, manufactures and distributes dietary supplements. And we have dedicated, starting this year, 1% of our revenue, 1% of our sales to this regenerative agriculture ranch project. And it equates to this. Pretty much any bottle of our product you buy, we're going to plant a tree. We planted 250,000 last year on our property. We're not donating to another organization. That's amazing. We're going to plant another 250,000 this year. They're not just any trees. They're trees that will bear superfoods that will end up in our products. And it creates a perpetual cycle. Another example, we have our best-selling products, multi-collagen protein. And I can't get into all the benefits of collagen, but Mm -hmm. we use an ingredient that comes from egg. And we take all of the waste, all of that eggshell, and we compost it and spread it on our farms to add fertility, minerals, calcium in particular to the soil. So we're regenerating people's health while regenerating the planet. And yes, you've heard it before. Vote with your dollars. Buy from brands that have a regenerative mission. And we're seeing the biggest companies in the world, from Pepsi to Walmart to Nestle, making regenerative pledges. Whether they're going to follow through or not, we shall see. But The world needs this, and it's really, really important. Back to the nutrition side, we do have lower quantities of minerals in our foods, and minerals are so, so important. It's like the spark plug for our body. But because of the way we harvest, which is very unripe, very early, we're also, and we store for a very long time, then we lose vitamins. So the minerals are not in the soil. Vitamins are never in the soil anyway. There's microbes in the soil that make vitamins, but the minerals are lower. And then when you consume, by the time you consume this fruit, it's been ripened in a truck. Who You, you like vine ripened tomatoes. I've never seen one advertisement for truck ripened oranges. <laughs> I used to live in Florida. 
and I'd be following what I thought was a, a truck carrying limes. It's not limes, it's oranges. Wow. They can't afford to pick them ripe because they, they don't have time to get them to market. And mm -hmm. so if you can eat local, if you can buy fresh food, Wendy, we're learning about North American superfoods that hardly anyone's tried that are amazing. There's a fruit called a pawpaw that we're, pawpaw we planted is. thousands of trees. Now, if you are a fan of the Jungle Book from Disney, yeah. pawpaw used to be, it's also the name for papaya in India and Africa, but this is a different pawpaw, the American pawpaw, Thomas Jefferson's favorite fruit. Perhaps one of the five best things I've ever tasted if it's ripe. The largest North American fruit, we don't eat it because you can't pick it unripe and then get it to market. It, it's very perishable. It only has a few day shelf life. You have to go to a farm, buy a pawpaw and eat, eat it, it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you look at places where we live, pawpaw is kind of the tropical fruit in places where it gets cold. It tastes like a mango and banana combined. Ooh, sign me up. A little spice. So <laughs> uh, check out Papa. Very popular in place. When I say very popular, yeah, barely popular, but out there in Kentucky, etc. We grow persimmons, another mm. superfood that people don't talk about. But we need to diversify our Figs diet, and yes, and we need to consume nutrient-rich foods yes. in their freshest possible opportunity. And if you're like me, and I do the best I can, I still supplement but I try to use whole food, nutritional supplements, organic products when I can, which is often, but uh, I do believe supplements are essential, but food is where it starts. Yes. And you can get nutrient rich food. If you buy organic, buy regenerative and buy local. That's so good. And you will see that on, I would, the stickers, correct. That's going to yeah. start coming. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and we have farms in Tennessee and Missouri, and mm -hmm. they will be this year, the first in Missouri and Tennessee, respectively, regenerative organic certified farms ever. So we're very excited That's about that. Awesome. And our farms are soon going to be triple certified. They're already organic. They're going to be regenerative organic, and they're going to be certified through the Savory Institute with environmental outcomes verified, meaning that we're getting our land tested and we're improving it year after year, not degenerating it or not letting it stay the same. Organic can stay the same, which is better than degenerating but we want to add value. God's economy is found in farming. I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts, Wendy, that are mind boggling to me. And that's, that's because we grew up in a concrete jungle. Yeah. Someone said this once, you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but can you count the number of apples in a seed? I mean, just mm. think about that for a minute. The Bible says that Isaac planted a field and in the coming days reaped a 100 fold harvest. Imagine that God's economy is based on the people land. talk about the stock market. Do you know what the stock market started as <laughs> a livestock market where they sold and bought chickens, ducks, cows, sheep, and goats. We are so far removed from, from even the history or understanding us. where it started. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Yep. But think about how many references to farming are in the Bible. How many references to food? How many references to sowing and reaping? The answers it, are there. You need to learn. And it'll open up a whole new vision for you. And listen, if you're someone out there who wants to invest in something, because we're all kind of concerned about yeah. what to invest in, gold and silver are fine. But can you eat gold? Can you hydrate yourself with silver? Can you grow something in platinum? No, metals are fine. Thanks, but sustainability. Buy some farmland. Invest in farmland regenerate something, grow something, you will never regret it.
That's so good, Jordan. So you're saying that way back when, when my dad was taking those avocado seeds and putting, putting toothpicks in them and putting it in a water and a little cup in the window seal, that was a good thing. <laughs> it was a good thing. And you know what? Avocado leaves yeah. are an amazing superfood. And so we're, we're growing avocado trees indoors. Fantastic. I have not thrown away one avocado pit in the last 18 months. That is... Why? Because it's not, it, that one pit could be thousands of avocados. Yeah. Here's another thing that'll blow your mind. I could plant a walnut in the ground and my great, great grandchildren can eat its fruit mm. or in this case, now nuts. that's a legacy. What else has a return like that? Yeah, that is a legacy. Oh my goodness, Jordan. I just adore you and Nikki and your entire family. Thank you for your time today. I know you've got to get going, but if you're listening and you have more questions, you know, go to ancient nutrition. I know that there's a bunch of information there, but Google Jordan and you'll find more information on regenerative agriculture and also fasting and check out his new book. But thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Thanks, Wendy. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. God bless. God bless. What an amazing interview. I hope you were just as blessed as I was. Oh my goodness. I could have kept talking to Jordan for another hour or two. He just has so much depth and so much just wisdom and information. And I am so thrilled that he could come on Visibly Fit to share a little bit with you. And yes, if you are interested in learning more about how you can step up and and do your part, check out RANCH, which is an acronym for Regenerative Agriculture, Nutrition, Climate, Health. You can find that by searching the internet or ancientnutrition.com also has some information there. And yeah, and and regarding fasting, maybe that answered some questions for you to see if it's right for you or not. But man, Jordan is just um, awesome. He's a real deal, right? So anyway, again, I hope this blessed you. If this show did in fact bless you, share Visibly Fit with your family, with your friends on social media, those that you know, so that we can get the word out there and we can all step up and do our part to live healthier and to eat healthier and do all the things so that we can make a difference in our bodies and also in the world. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are looking for a life-changing experience and just a seven-week program, a Visibly Fit seven-week accelerator, check out getvisiblyfit.com and you can find more information there. And I will share some testimonial clips and photos right here in this YouTube channel. If you're looking at this on YouTube, but you will have a life-changing experience. If you are looking to shed weight, unwanted, unhealthy weight, if you're looking to build muscle and not put stress on your joints, tendons, and ligaments, how to eat properly, how to dive deeper into your spiritual health, and also how to have a reset with your mindset. Then again, go to getvisiblyfit.com. I'd love to assist you in that area. All right, God bless. And thanks for tuning in and thanks for sharing. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.